Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. More and more scientists think carbon capture is key to reducing CO2 emissions globally. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. That's the unexpected energy of ExxonMobil. Dig deep, boys. Tom Schwartzoff, looks left, throws for Edelman, touchdown, Patriots! Julian Edelman has given you the lead. That was a big-time play, Jules. Championship play. A fourth Lombardi trophy is headed to one Patriot place. Gotta believe. Gotta believe, boys! Throws down over for Edelman, ball's tipped, and Julian diving for it. I got it! Did he make the catch? He, he did it! Crazy, I swear to God. Well, the Patriots, they're going to start their season without number 11, Julian Edelman. And we're going to start this show right now here on NFL Live. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. we got Damian Woody, Dan Graziano. I'm Diana Rossini with you. 90 minutes, guys. Let's go. So, Edelman will officially miss the first four games of the season, stemming from a violation of the NFL's performance-enhancing substances policy. So, what's next? He'll be permitted to take part in all preseason practices and games with the Patriots. His suspension without pay will begin at the start of the regular season and last through his team's week four game at home against the Dolphins. So obviously not great news for the Patriots offense specifically that has gone through a complete makeover, it seems like, in the offseason. So, Damian, when you first heard the news that the Patriots would be without him, what was your first reaction? <sighs> again, like, again, like, there's been so much, there's been so much um, turmoil, like, on the field with the Patriots. Mm. It, between, you know, the losses in free agency the suspension, Julian Edelman. I don't know if we've seen anything like this in a while from the Patriots. I mean, outside of, like, deflate gate, but actual football, like actual things that's happening on the football field and, and the roster, this offseason has been it's been a little weird for the Patriots uh, for a few years. So, again, for me, the Patriots, they're like a world oil machine. Obviously, when, you, when you're missing a player like Julian Edelman, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt to a certain degree. They missed him last year, but... When you got Bill, Tom, I think you'll be all right. You got Bill and you got Tom, but but you're missing some players. You're, you don't have a Danny Amendola anymore. You have Chris Hogan now who's going to take mm-hmm. over that number one receiving spot. And it seems that Gronk is going to be the one that's going to have to step in here. What do you think this offense is going to look like without a Julian Edelman? They're going to need to keep Gronk healthy. That's going to be a big part of it. Uh, they have running backs they can throw the ball to. I mean, Rex Burkhead, James White, uh, Sony Michelle, who they drafted in the first round. These are guys that can help in the passing game as well as run the ball. You mentioned Hogan. And there are some other wide receivers there that really that we haven't seen them in the Patriots system to any real extent, right? Philip Dorsett got a little taste of it. Kenny Britt, a little taste of it. You know, Malcolm Mitchell hasn't been able to stay healthy. So there are, there are bodies there that, that, that can help. Um, the question is how they arrange them all, how they work together with Tom Brady, who has missed more off-season practice time than usual, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the voluntary stuff is voluntary, but he is usually there. So 
the training camp time with this new group of receivers is maybe going to be more important than it usually is uh, in the early weeks. So to Damian's point, you trust Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to figure it out. There has been plenty of overhaul in the 18 years that they've been together and had all this success. But, yeah, there's, there's stuff to do here. This isn't going to be just push a button, start the season. They, they yeah. have to put something together. So, Damian, when you, when you see all these, and there, there are significant changes here, and you saw Dan point right to this O-line, what do you think of these guys? What do you think of this makeup here protecting Tom Brady at, who's going to be 41 by the time the season starts? Well, listen, change, you know, the one thing – when it comes to football is you want consistency. You want the same guys to be together, especially on the offensive line. But there's one guy in particular that I trust more than anything, and that's offensive line coach Dante Skarnecchia, who's one of the best offensive line coaches in the National Football League. He'll get these guys playing on the same page and get them playing at a high level this year. In terms of the receivers, the changes here, we know immediately they're behind the eight ball without Julian, but we, we, we've seen them step up last year, as you mentioned, but do you think that this group is going to be able to create problems for defense in this division? Yeah, I mean, it, they, they always have, right? So the question is, what do the Patriots construct here with this group? And how do they and, – and that's why I think you get into the, the, the coaches' minds here and try and figure out who can do what. Maybe we're looking at Malcolm Mitchell as an outside guy. Maybe they see him as somebody who works – you know, specifically in certain packages against a certain opponent, right? I mean, nobody's better at Bill, than Bill Belichick at changing the game plan week to week based on the matchup. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're in a position where they're still going to be able to stress defenses. Assuming they can keep Brady protected, I think he and Bill Belichick can figure out what this to the, do. This is, is the, biggest... this the worst arsenal, though? Is this Brady's worst arsenal in offense here? Because we've seen him make some magic with some mediocre players in the past before. But do you think this is the worst, Dave? I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call. I wouldn't call it the worst. But I think the bigger point here is when it comes to Coach Belichick, and I and I've you know I have a familiarity with this whole system. The one thing he does, he gets guys to play to specific roles. Meaning what? He, meaning that he has a specific job for you, and he wants you to focus on that job. That's what makes the Patriots so good. They identify players, and Coach Belichick has a specific role for each guy on the team. That's why when you look at the Patriots, the sum, of their, the sum is better than their parts because they know how to plug guys in and to do one thing specifically well. He'll have roles for all these guys that we're plugging in, and he'll have those guys playing, playing their roles well. And the other thing to remember is last year Julian Edelman was out all year. At this point, he's, he's missing four games. He'll be back. Yeah. Guys, get excited. The Madden ratings have been released this week. We've learned about the ratings for this year's rookie class. Let's take a look at the rookies, those top five quarterbacks. Uh, so here they are. We're going to go through each of them. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the number one, or at least according to Madden, or at least at 81 here as a score. So let's take a look at the schedule for Cleveland this year. Because it's July and it's fun to do, let's take a look and see where, where do you think he's going to be able to get out there and step in the field? What do you think makes the most sense, guys? I mean, look, they, they, they have Tyrod Taylor. I mean, they right. want to start That's Tyrod the, Taylor. They want to give Baker Mayfield as much time as he needs. And again, as we've said before, the Browns are in a unique position. Usually when that plan falls apart and the rookie starts before you want him to, it's because you've done too much losing. The Browns can't do too much losing. Nope. They win one game, they're better than they were last year. So I think they're patient. I mean, I, I, don't, I think Baker Mayfield could be, you know, on the bench until – 
there's that week 11 bye. You know, maybe, maybe if it's really not going well, then maybe the second half of the season when, it, when, they, when they hit the division. Maybe, and maybe a road game isn't the right way to do it either. Maybe it, it takes till week four. Late in the season. Late in the season. You say late in the season, but if they go out and, let, and let's say that they're losing. Guys, we've seen it before many times. The pressure that this organization is going to feel to put the number one overall pick, their quarterback, out there. It's going to come down hard on you, Jackson, who it could is. possibly be fighting for his job this season. Here's something to watch, right? Let's say that Sam Darnold wins the Jets' starting quarterback job in camp, right? And now they come into Cleveland in week three, and <laughs> Darnold lights it up. And then they're losing with Baker Mayfield on the bench, and Darnold was picked two picks later. That's where you might start to see some people go, hmm, I wonder Makes if sense. maybe. I like that one. Right? That, that is my favorite uh, perspective that's a, that's on this so far. Yeah, that, that's a winner right there. All right, number two. I thought this was interesting. Lamar Jackson, Madden rated him number two quarterback here of these rookies over, obviously, the other three, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. So this is going to be interesting, this Ravens offense. Let's look at their schedule, mm-hmm. right? Assuming that Joe Flacco wins that starting job in training camp. Yeah, which you yeah. expect. Right. right. His rate, that rating is carried by that 91 speed, speed right? right? Like nobody else had that on the, among the rookies. So nope. That, that inflates the overall. Now, here's what I say about Lamar Jackson. He's going to be playing, like, in packages right from the start. Yeah. Week one. There's no question about that. Now, as far as starting, you know, starting for the Baltimore Ravens taking over, you would have to think like something. I think something colossal would have to happen. Yes, with Joe Flacco yeah. for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it would have to be injury, something crazy. But I, I just and don't then, see. I think. I think even then they're designing an offense this year around Lamar Jackson for 2019. 19, right. right. I think that's when we see. He's going to have packages this starting year. quarterback. All right. Then the third rookie quarterback ranked here. Oh, mm. you got to put me back on my thanks, Dave. Oh, I think just, it's uh, – There we go. I got the touch right there. All right, so Josh Rosen, um, Madden kind of described him, or at least EA Sports described him as the overall general of all the quarterbacks, able to do a little bit of everything. So let's see how he would do based on the schedule. But, you know, we've heard such great things coming out of camp about what he's been able to do in the competition between him and Sam Bradford. Dan, what do you think they're going to do with him? I think they want to start Bradford. But, you know, the alarming thing here, right, is this is the week last year where, where Bradford, you know, got hurt, right? He only played one game. So if that, that's the thing to watch is Bradford health there. And if, that is a, if that's a factor, if Bradford's hurt, then Rosen could be in position to potentially start right, right away. If Bradford's healthy, I think he gets, he gets to play until he's not. Yeah, I think that one makes the most sense. All right, so the fourth quarterback, we mentioned him earlier, Sam Darnold of the Jets. Todd Bowles says that Josh McCown's the starter. He said that. But he also said that whoever the best quarterback is in camp is going to start. Leaves it open. Oh, boy. Look at that. Monday Night Football. I think if – all we have to say, if they're even, he's leaving. If if Sam Donald is anywhere – if he's close to Josh McCown, Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to start that Monday Night game. I mean, this is a guy who – I mean, throughout – you know, OTAs and, and minicamp, he's been just absorbed. They've thrown everything at, at, at the whole book at him, and he's been absorbing this, this whole playbook. So if he comes out in training camp and he shows that he can handle the job, 
He'll start week one. This is a guy who's getting compared to Andrew Luck early in that draft process. So mm. there, there's certainly a lot of confidence. And you know from the Jets owner, he wants to see him out there because he believes that he is going to change that organization, at least put him on the right track. And finally, we got Josh Allen, who falls, we'll say, in fifth year of these rookie quarterbacks. The plans for him. Where do you see Buffalo maybe having him step out on the field to lead them as a starter? I think he could start earlier than what a lot of people said. Why? A lot of people, because if you look at the other two guys that they have, they don't have a lot of starting experience. That's A.J. McCarron, A.J. McCarron, and, and, and uh, Steve, was, uh, Steven Peterman? You got Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Yep. Yeah. Neither one of those guys have a lot of starting experience. So you would think that they would want to, you know, you could you want to sit maybe Josh Allen, but the other two guys just don't have a lot of um, pro experience starting for a franchise. So I think training camp, we saw what Shady McCoy had to say about Josh, yeah. Josh yeah. Allen. He raved about Josh Allen. So I could see him starting earlier in the season. I could, but here, here's my thing. What's the rush? They lost three starting offensive linemen. That's right? very true. So you, if you're Josh Allen, are you in a hurry to get back there? You got the Ravens. Tough defense, Chargers, tough. tough defense, Vikings, Vikings. tough yeah. defense. I don't know what the at Packers, Packers. going to be on yeah, defense, yeah. but, it's, you know, another tough defense here. Look at all these road games, right, to start the season. I, I think you might want to wait and, and, and before you put your rookie Josh Allen in there uh, and make sure that things are That's together like. on that offensive line. So. Somebody emerges at wide receiver. Oh, by the way, though, tough defense. Tough defense. So, but at least yeah. you, bye, you have a bye week. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Do you agree with Madden's uh, rankings there in terms of, of the, the, way it, the way it looks? Let's see him Go again. Back one. Let's see. Well, again, this is, this is inflated by a 91 well, speed. Right? But that, I, that's a great, was such a great player in college. So much fun to watch. Built for, for Madden, certainly, and hopefully for success in the league as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean. All right, well, these are the rookie quarterbacks. Right. we got to get to the running backs. We're going to do that later on. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're going to sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents with the news that Julian Edelman will miss the first four games of the season. But we wanted to dive into it more and sort of take a look on how the Patriots have been so successful in scouting and finding and producing these kind of receivers. And, and, and Damon, you, you played under Bill Belichick. What did, what did you observe of how he's able to find these guys? Well, first of all, I want to say that what, to me, Wes Welker is like a Hall of Fame receiver, really. And the reason I say that is because Talked about it multiple times in the piece. He revolutionized the position. And Troy Brown in the piece pointed something out. You look, at, look throughout the league, there are guys littered that are like Wes Welker light. Those smaller guys that play in a slot where they, have, they run all what we call these option routes where you have two-way goes and they're critical on third downs. We talk about the flashy guys like Odell Beckham Jr., mm-hmm. you know, the Julio Jones, but it's those, those guys in the slot that they're so – uh, they're, they're so important because they move the chains. And then, then it's the guys like Odell Beckham Jr., they go out and make the touchdown. But getting back to the original question, um, Coach Belichick, the one thing he does is he identifies things that somebody can do well, identifies a job that they can do well specifically for the team. It's not necessarily about 
oh, this guy can't fit the system. No, he identifies this player does this thing well. We will find a role for him within our system. We will manufacture a role. If that player can do something that will help us win, we will make we will make a role for him to help our football team win. And I think that's really the edge as to why Coach Belichick, to me, is the greatest coach of all time. It's not necessarily about the system, per se, but just identifying things in players that they can do well that can work within the team structure. I'll take it a step further. Not just greatest coach of all time, but maybe in the salary cap era, the greatest roster builder. And because he's so obsessed with the concept of value, right? I can find Julian Edelman was a college quarterback that no one was looking at as a quarterback. But Belichick saw an athleticism and a specific skill set where he thought, and you heard Bill O'Brien talk about it there, he can do some stuff for us. Figure out what it is and then where we should pick it. Wes Welker is a guy that Miami Dolphins didn't want anymore, right? Because it didn't fit what they were trying to do at wide receiver. Belichick saw Welker and said, boy, he's, he's shifty. He's got an ability to work in an area of the field where I need help right now. So let's go get him, and I wonder what he can. So he's always on the lookout for value. And even goes back to some of the big-time guys, right? Randy Moss was an acquisition from the Raiders, and the Raiders were through with him, right? And Belichick said, well, Randy Moss, I mean, let's, the price is so low, we have to take him right now, and, and then we'll see what he can be. Not even always the success stories. We've seen guys go through there when their value kind of cratered a little yeah. bit. You know, a Tim Tebow, an Albert Hainsworth. A, a, I'll give you another one, good one. Right? Rodney Harrison. Here's a guy There's that, another, that's another the Los story. Angeles Chargers, the San Diego Chargers at the time, thought his career was done. Coach Belichick brings him in. Next thing you know, he's playing at an all-time high level, winning the Super Bowl with the Patriots. Yeah. He just knows, he knows how to eye talent and utilize it and be able to plug those guys in. Yeah. And because he, well, when he looks, he, says, he sees his own puzzle, where the empty spots are, and how this guy can fit. So not just, you know, how, how do – this guy's a good, a, for, a good player, former first-round pick, whatever he is. But specifically, I need help here, and this is someone who can do that thing. And I think that's really in the salary cap era. When you have to manage your resources and you're only going to succeed if you find bargains, this is the most successful team by far, and it's because they've been so good at that. Back here on NFL Live, you know, it happens almost every year. One team goes from worst to first in the division. In 14 of the last 15 seasons, a team climbs all the way from the basement to the top of the division. Last year, it was both the Jags and Eagles that went from worst to first. So this week... We're going to find the teams that will be going from worst to first this season. And how about this? No division has had more teams go from worst to first in recent memory than the NFC East. Let's take a look at this, right? So five of the previous six NFC East champs won the division after finishing in last place the season before. The Giants, of course, are hoping to continue that trend in 2018. So it is up to us to figure out. Who is it going to be this year? So, Damian, Dan, you guys are be going to be the ones to help decide it. So, the total here is going to be 100%. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through each team. You're going to give me what the percentage chance is of them winning the division. So, we know the Giants were in last place at the end of last season. So, beginning with you, D, what are the chances that the Giants win? So, I think this, the NFC East, I think it's going to be the most competitive division of football. Not the best, but most competitive. I have the Giants at 18%. Hmm. I know people talk about the piece, you know, Saquon Barkley, who just a fantastic 
you know, uh, talent coming into the National Football League. He's going to do a lot for that running game. Will Hernandez, who they drafted in the, in the second round. Um, Nate Solder, who they got from New England to play left tackle. They've made strides up front and in the running game to really get back on, get back to that old Giants brand of running the football. However, I, I, can, I can say that they might have the worst QB in the division. I can, make, I can make I can make yeah. the case. You think I Eli can, Manning is the worst quarterback? Uh, we're not we're not talking legacy here. We're not talking legacy. We're talking 2018. We're talking 2018 right now. As 2018. See, I, as you can see, I totally disagree with. He's you. got Pat Shermer now as his head coach. You got You see what he did with, in Minnesota with Case Keenum. He helped that's, develop him out there, and that's all fine and dandy. Great season. That's all fine and dandy, Diana. I want to know about good. this guy. I want to know if Odell Beckham's going to be in camp and happy with a new contract. But fundamentally, the Giants were four games out of third place and ten games out of first, and I just don't see why any of these three teams in front of them are particularly worse than they were last year. I think it's a hard mountain for the Giants to climb. All right. Well, I, I actually want to keep talking about these quarterbacks here because you, we're going to go hard on this with you saying that you think that Eli is the worst. Well, well, do you think he's better than this guy? Because Alex Smith is now a Washington Redskins quarterback. Of course, he was traded there to Washington, and this resulted in Cousins leaving. Uh, he, of course, left the organization to join the Vikings, and in April's draft, the Redskins – Took, an ally, took a defensive tackle with their first-round pick. So here we are. Redskins finished the season last year at 7-9. What are the chances, Damian, that they win this division? I'll go 22%. They've upgraded, in my opinion, they've upgraded at the quarterback position. You think Alex Smith is better yes. than Kirk Cousins? Yes, absolutely. I think He's Alex better than Eli Manning, too. Yeah, I, that's, that's right. I think, <laughs> Alex Smith, I think Alex Smith is an upgrade uh, over Kirk Cousins. Um, Darius Geis coming in at a running back, I think it will give some, some juice in the running game. I've always loved their offensive line, their offensive line coach, Bill Callahan. Defensively, I think they'll be better. So I like the Redskins where they're at right now. Huh? We've been spending too much time together, you and me. We're, we're, we're thinking along <laughs> the same lines here. I, I, I think Washington should have been a better team last year than they were. The injuries were unbelievable, especially along that offensive line where they were totally shredded by the end of the year. Uh, running back, they were down to fourth and fifth string guys. I, I think they have a ch- I mean, I, I, I think the two teams in front of them are, are very good or, or project to be very good, or else I'd put their number a little higher. But I think this is a very difficult division, and, the, and they shouldn't be a bad team. While your numbers aren't too far off here, do you think the Redskins are significantly better than the Giants or just marginally better than the Giants? No, I, I think, like, marginally better than, than the Giants. Marginally better. It's all that Eli hate you got going on today. Don't be mad at me. I'm just calling it. I'm, that's just that's how, how I feel, about the Dallas Cowboys? Missing the playoffs with a 9-7 record last season. Of course, Dallas said goodbye to a pair of longtime Cowboys. Des Bryant was cut. Jason Witten announced his retirement. He's one of our colleagues now. And in an effort to give Dak some weapons here, they signed Alan Hearns and Taylon Austin. So the Cowboys here, what are the chances, Damian, that – Dak is going to come back and have a good third year. Of course, Zeke back in there. But what do you think the chances here that uh, they win this division? 25%. You already hit it on, you already hit it, on it, right? Uh, Get Zeke back for 16. You know what Zeke does to the Dallas Cowboys? What? A lot. A <laughs> lot. You, you have him for the whole slate. 
Dallas offensive line, one of the best. You can, you know, you can argue that they might have the best offensive line in football. They're going to play ball control, time of possession, which is going to keep their defense fresh. We've seen what happens when they keep their defense fresh from two years ago. They want to top, they're a top 10 defense. So that's the formula. And that formula right there, you can pack it up, take it anywhere, and be successful. Do you think Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Eli Manning? Right now? Uh-huh. Yep. We're going to quit this. I don't agree with that, but even though I like Dak Prescott, but. Um... Again, I'm, I'm pretty close to agreeing with Damian. It almost feels like somebody got somebody's list and just made some minor changes. I don't know who that would have been. Who did it first? Who you did, did. It first. I did? You did. Oh, you did it first. Is yeah. copying off my paper? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cowboys so- were 9-7 and seven last year. That was their bad year. That makes them a scary team. That's enough for you? If you're 9-7, if you're nine nine, seven, 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 that's a bad, bad year. year. In your down year where your best player has to miss six games because of a suspension, you, you, you're all right. makes you a scary you're okay. team. You're okay. All right, let's go with the Super Bowl champs. Philadelphia Eagles, okay, so we know the big story here is going to be that quarterback spot, right, because the, the health of Carson Wentz recovering from that torn ACL. Well, Wentz and the Eagles are hoping that they can, he can be ready for the season opener. That's going to be against Atlanta. And, of course, they made some notable moves, including the trade of Michael Bennett and losing LeGarrette Blunt to the Lions in free agency. So what are the chances, D, that you think that Philly is going to win it again? 35%. 35%. So you're thinking no division hangover, no Super Bowl hangover? <laughs> could happen, could, but listen, defensively, I think they got better. They got way, they can literally rotate waves of guys to get out the quarterback. Not many teams in the league can, can do what the Philadelphia Eagles can do defensively. Offensively, they got one of the best offensive lines. They got a quarterback situation that a lot of teams probably envy, no envy to have. Oh, yeah. So right now, going into it, Philly's the team to beat in the division. All right, Dan, what do you got? Well, I agree. I mean, the problem is no one's won this division two years in a row since True. the Eagles did it 18 years ago, yep. right? So I'm sorry, uh, 14 years 14, ago. 14, yep, yep, 18, yep. 14. Um, so this is high praise to, to pick them to repeat because that's a very, very difficult thing to do in the NFC East. There's just nothing not to like. I mean, if you believe that Nick Foles can do what he did in the playoff run, then you're not worried about Carson Wentz mm-hmm. maybe not being ready to start the season. And also, by the way, Wentz apparently looks fantastic, and there's a chance he might be able to do it. So uh, we'll see. I mean, look, teams that win the Super Bowl have a lot of things go right for them, and you can't always assume that the same things will go right the following year. That's why these predictions are yeah. you know, fairly their predictions. You, got, you yeah. guys had it close. <laughs> but, like, yeah, we, we see this as a tough division. But I still think the most interesting part of what we're talking about here is just the fact that D thinks that Eli Manning is the worst one in this division. But, Dan, from your perspective here looking at this, I mean, do you think that Nick Foles is better than Eli Manning? Do you think that Carson Wentz is better than Eli Manning? Would you rather have Wentz right now, given their relative ages and the year that Wentz just had before he, went, uh, before he got hurt? Of course. But you can't. I mean, you got to respect uh, Eli Manning as a player who has never missed a game due to injury. That's true. And who you know for how many teams would would kill for a quarterback who either one of these things, either you know he's not going to miss any games or you know he can win you a Super Bowl. Giants have both. He's both. So until it's time to say goodbye, I think we, we owe him that respect. Do you want to change your mind? One last shot? Nope. Stand by, stand by what I <laughs> I said. didn't expect him to. Yeah. We're, we're not very good debaters. We didn't change his mind, though. 
Back here on NFL Live, the league has handed down multiple suspensions over the last few weeks. We've spent lots of time on this show discussing Julian Edelman's suspension, but there is certainly a lot more out there. You see him right there. So the San Francisco 49ers, they're going to start their season without linebacker Reuben Foster. He's been fined and suspended without pay for the first two games of the regular season for violating the NFL's conduct and substances of abuse policy. The violation stemmed from a weapons offense and a misdemeanor drug offense, both of which were, were resolved during the offseason. So he's going to miss the games against the Vikings and the Lions, and uh, he will be back on September 17th. So, Dan, how different is this 49ers team when Reuben Foster is there and when he's missing? Well, Diana, they didn't win a game without him last year. You know, he played 10 games. Uh, they were 6-4 and four in those games, and, you know, he was healthy for the second half of the season when, obviously, they played a lot better. So, you know, he, he solidifies things for them in the middle of that defense, which is, you know, a young defense still kind of putting itself together. Uh, and he can, make, he can make so many different plays for them that they can use him in a variety of ways. So they'll be happy to get him back uh, in week three. I think this is probably a shorter suspension than yeah. they might have been worried about yeah. when the offseason began, honestly. And he remains eligible uh, you know, to participate in preseason games and training camp before he has to serve the two-game suspension. Meantime, out in Green Bay, running back Aaron Jones has been suspended with – Outpay for two games for violating the NFL policy and program for substances of abuse. The suspension stems back from early October 2017. That was an arrest. It was marijuana related. Uh, he played no contest in February. So uh, that sort of brings a, a, a stop to that three-headed monster of uh, you know running back by committee there. So Damian, uh, what does this Packers offense look like without Jones? Well, obviously, they finished in, in the middle of the pack last year, but you would think that a team with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback would be able to muster up more uh, from their running game. So, obviously, they have Tom Montgomery, but, you know, this Aaron Jones is another body that's going to be missing for the first four games. But they, they need to some way find a way to, to muster up more from the rushing attack. you got maybe the best quarterback in the league should be doing better in the running game. Is it a time – for the Green Bay Packers to get a really good running back, it just seems that that, that seems that's a hole in their offense, and it has been for years. How much better could they be if they find a guy who can really play that position well? They would be doing very well. <laughs> they would be doing very well because we know so much of the load is on Aaron Rodgers' yeah. shoulder. He does so much. So at some point, you would think that we need to get some get a back, an elite back to help complement Aaron Rodgers at, at the quarterback position. Yeah, all right, well, that's just uh, the start of it. There's more out there. Of course, we, we were talking about this all last week, and that being Jameis Winston, he's been suspended for the first three games of the regular season for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. This stems from a female Uber driver accusing him of groping her back in Scottsdale, Arizona, in March of 2016. So, Jameis Winston out for the first three games of the season, and you take a look at that schedule, and you see what they're up against. And Dan, you have to wonder: Are the Bucks already headed for a losing season with, without having wins in those first three games? Yeah, I mean the deck was stacked against them anyway. Three yeah. playoff teams in their division, and a lot of ground for them to make up. And now you think, well, they're not going to have Jameis Winston for the first three games. If they had a chance to steal one or two of those very, very tough games in their first three weeks, uh, that's almost all the way out the window, you would think. So you look ahead now what it means for the future of that team, for the future of Jameis Winston. The way he plays and, of course, the way he avoids further off-field trouble once he returns from his suspension will say a lot about his chances to continue to be 
the franchise quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2019 and beyond. Yeah. All right, let's say in the division, the New Orleans Saints, Mark Ingram suspended for the first four games of the season after violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy. He will turn for the Monday night game against the Washington Redskins, which should be a, a good one, especially after they got that big win against them last season. So Ingram was out for the first four games, and you have to wonder when you take a look at this offense. He was so productive last year with Alvin Kamara. They, their entire offense looks so much different and better now that their running game is on. How does Sean Payton figure out a way to keep the running game where we saw it last year if they don't have Mark Ingram for the first four games? Well, it's not a bad fallback when you got the offensive rookie of the year in Alvin Kamara. I mean, he's I just call him an offensive weapon because you can utilize him in so many different ways, not only traditionally at running the ball, but, I mean, when you split this guy out, you know, coming out of the backfield, there's really not many guys in the league that can cover him out of the backfield. So, the cover is definitely not bare for the New Orleans Saints. They have weapons all over the field, and obviously Alvin Kamara will be featured in that, in that, uh, in that Saints rushing attack. Yeah, they do, and, and you heard during camp them talk about how they're not going to actually increase Alvin Kamara's uh, touches on the ball. They don't want to do that to him, but um, it'd be interesting to see if they, they find a veteran who, who's unemployed at this point who will maybe join that New Orleans Saints team come training camp. But in 14 of the last 15 seasons, a team climbs all the way from the bottom to the top of the division. Last year, it was the Jags and the Eagles. They were in last place the year before that, and they finished in first. So this week, we're going to find out the teams that are going to be going from worst to first this year. So the AFC East, this is what it looked like. The Patriots won the division for the ninth straight year, the Bills in second, and the Jets finished in Last at 5-11. and 11. So the Jets, what did they do, though? Well, they added quarterbacks. They signed Teddy Bridgewater. They drafted Sam Darnold. And their biggest departure was releasing Muhammad Wilkerson after seven seasons with the team. So Dan and Damian here with me. And what they are going to do for us is they're going to give us a percentage chance of this team actually winning the division. So let's start with the Jets. Dan, you begin us. Wait, are you finished? Or That's it. That's it? I don't do zeros. A 1% the, uh, chance? Yeah, well, I don't do zeros. That's about that was a rule I arbitrarily made up on Monday, and I'm sticking with it. Okay. Um, but, I, I mean, it's a rebuilding team. I mean, I, you know, even if Sam Darnold does play early, even if McCown has to play while he gets ready, even if Bridgewater wins the job, you know, there's questions at wide receiver. I kind of like what they're putting together on defense, but – you know, the offensive line is going to need some work before this is ready to contend. I just, I just think this is a team that, and, and I think it's a team that knows this, uh, is, is a couple of years away from really making a splash. What, what, if, what if Tom Brady gets hurt early well, on in the Tom year? Tom Brady gets hurt, all bets are. We'll do, redo all the percentages and all the pie charts <laughs> when people start getting hurt. But at this point, it's, it's July 5th. People are healthy. I'm going to give a little, little bit more of a bump. I'll go 10%. I'll go 10%. 10%. I, I, I actually think that the, the weapons that they have offensively, a little bit underrated. They get Quincy a new one back this year. Mm-hmm. A couple, couple years ago, he did pretty well. Go with Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse. Um, quarterback situation is a lot better in, in years past. Yeah. I think this is the first time in a long time for the Jets where they actually had legitimate hope at the quarterback position. Defensively, they have some really nice young parts on the defensive side. But in order to dethrone that mm. – that's a I don't big think part this, of this. Right. That's a big to, to part of this. To dethrone that, right. you, you're going to need more to the, to, a lot more to dethrone that. Well, do you think the Miami Dolphins are, are going to need a lot more? Because last year they decided to part ways 
with two of their best players, right? They traded Jar- uh, Jarvis Landry to the Browns. They released Ndamukong Sue. They were able to sign Danny Amendola away from the Pats in free agency. And they picked up Minka Fitzpatrick. So they made some some changes here. Maybe some good, some bad here. So what are the chances they win the division? <laughs> I might be trying to make a point. Yeah, I see what you're doing. Um, the division, you know, if, the, if all the stuff the Dolphins did works and it's a weak AFC and you can have a 9-7 and seven wild card team, could they surprise us and get up there? Sure. Win the division? I don't see it. I mean, they, a lot of losses, and I don't think they made themselves better at any of those positions. Damien? Four. I think they're going through a culture change. They had some big-name guys that they got rid of. Didn't seem like it meshed very well. Seemed like they almost hit a little bit of a reset button in Miami. So, 4%. Well. So, like I said, again, contend with that. Going to need a lot more. Yeah. Well, the last time the Dolphins won the division, it was back in 2008. They're actually the last team to win the division yep. since the Patriots did it. So yeah, Brady got hurt in week one and missed yep. the season, right? Yep. All right. How about the Buffalo Bills here, all right? So, they finished 9-7 and seven last year. They sat their 17-year playoff drought. They traded Tyrod Taylor to the Browns. They signed A.J. McCarron. And, of course, their biggest splash was trading up to take Josh Allen seventh overall. So, where do you guys have him? A 1% a chance. I'm not putting zeros up there. I'm not he's doing being it. Real. I'm not upset about the, the, the lack of zero. I'm upset about the lack of two. I feel like I know who's two. going to win the AFC East. That's what I'm trying to say. They, they made the playoffs last year, but I don't think they meant to. Right? I mean, like, they, remember when they benched Tyrod and put Nathan Peterman yeah. in they were, and they were still in the race? Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess we are still in the race. Well, oh, we're, we still yeah. have a chance? Well, let's go for it. Why not? This is a team that's trying to take a step back, to take a big step forward. And I think a lot of these teams, especially these two, are thinking about how much longer the quarterback has left here and do we want to be in position to, to, to ramp up once that whole run is over. Right. Damien? Six. Okay. And I'm just – I'm just strictly giving them that because off, just off of last year a little bit, the fact that Sean McDermott came in, yeah. changed the culture, think guys know what the expectation, go to the playoffs first time since 1999, a little bit more optimism in Buffalo, but there's been a lot of, lot of change. Offensive line, the quarterback position, I mean, those are two really key positions on a football team. So, like Dan said, I think Buffalo kind of took a step back in order to try to take a couple yeah. steps forward Next year. Yeah. Sort of build it the right way. Build it the right way. To, you know, sell out for, for one year. And no they have a challenge because uh, five of their first seven games out on the road. How about New England? I mean, take a look at all these departures. They traded Brandon Cooks to the Rams. Deion Lewis, Danny Amendola, Nate Soldier. See you later. Free agency they left. Malcolm Butler signed with the Titans. So that probably marked the most notable departure on defense. So since their run of nine straight division titles began in 2009, the Patriots have won 18 more regular season games than any other team during that span. So that said, Dan, what do you got? Well, 97, which is the <laughs> highest you can get on my particular <laughs> scale. So I don't left. do zeros. So, I mean, look, yeah, yes, they lost all those guys. But, I mean, A, who's going to challenge them? And, B, we're betting against Brady and Belichick in the AFC East. I mean, that's a, the one year they didn't win it was the year that, that Brady got hurt week one and missed the season. So they're as sure a bet as there is in, in a very uncertain NFL. 
And I might not, I'm probably not even doing them justice with that. That's a huge number. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. That's because you get those. It's, it's, a, it's a virtual lock for the Patriots to win the AFC East. I mean, they've, they've dominated this division. Like, no other team has dominated their division in pro football. When you got a combination of Belichick Brady, I think these other teams are basically just waiting them out. All right. Well, well I'm glad you said that because my question for you, Dan, is – the post-Tom Brady era, mm-hmm. which team in this division is built to win? Who's got the best shot once Brady's out of here? you got to tell me which, which of the rookie quarterbacks, quarterbacks. is better, and yeah. then, that, then there's your answer, there right? You if Sam Darnold's better than Josh Allen, then that's your answer, and if vice versa, then the Bills are your answer. I, I do like the way the Bills are, are building it, to Damian's point, in terms of you know, trying to – you know, the, the head coach is getting the guys he wants in there and, and all that stuff, but a lot of work to do. This team probably a little closer, yeah. but – it's going to come down to quarterback. It's going to come down to the rookie Let's take a look at this, uh, or at least from a big picture standpoint, your, your, our little pie graphs here. I feel like I'm back in sixth grade. That's a thing of beauty right there. Yeah. Dan, look, yours look looks just like a full moon. Yep. Just, it just and announces. Damien ate one slice of pizza. That's basically That's it. What, what it looks like there. But obviously the, the, the tone here is that the New England Patriots are once again going to win this division.